Hey everybody, welcome back to the Keeping It Real Estate with Chris Bober podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Team Bober at Nebraska Realty, where together my wife Jennifer and I help people with the American dream of home ownership. Our mission is to educate and empower our clients to make great real estate decisions by providing authentic hospitality for clients when they're ready to make their move. Just as a reminder, if you're listening to this podcast on whichever app you're using, be sure to click the subscribe button. And if you're watching us on YouTube or any of the social media channels, click the YouTube, click the little red button down there and subscribe to our channel, follow our channel in the notifications bell. And then like, share, comment, follow our page, all that great stuff. We'd love to get great information out there for people through this podcast and through everything that we do. Um, so today we are I'm joined by owner of Nebraska Realty. We're in the brand new Nebraska Realty podcast studio, yeah. right? And this isn't all the way done yet, but it's been kind of a vision to provide some, some media areas for your realtors, which is awesome. Um, Thank you so much for joining us today on this maiden voyage. We're kind of breaking it in here. Um, So Andy Alloway. Andy is the owner and president CEO of Nebraska Realty. He began his real estate career in 2001 with Deeb and Associates Real Estate. That's going back in the day here. In 2004, he became the general manager. And then 2009, he purchased the company. And then we became Nebraska Realty in 2015. So Andy's got a long list of things that he's involved with. So he, he serves on the board of directors for the Omaha Board of Realtors. Um, he's a past president for the Nebraska Realtors Association. He's the immediate past or he's the past president for the OABR, past chairman of the Great Plains Regional MLS. Um, he was appointed as a real estate commissioner by the governor and served six years, which is a really big deal. Um, he also serves as a National Association of Realtors Federal political coordinator to Congressman Don Bacon. Um, among that, he, he's involved in tons of charities. He's on the Metro Community College Board of Directors, all kinds of great stuff. Um, he helped lead Nebraska Realty, what was Deep Realty, to about 20 agents to where now we have over 900 realtors. Um, we're the in- largest independently owned real estate firm in Nebraska with offices in Omaha, Papillion, Midtown, Lincoln, Council Bluffs. Um, other awards include the Business Journal's 40 Under 40 in 2015 and the Realtor of the Year in 2018 by the Board of Realtors. He involved, he's involved with so many charities. So, Andy, let's talk about your mission, your 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 story, how you started, right? So you graduated Miller North, yep. right? 95, same as me, is that yep. correct? Uh, yeah. 1995, um, so we're saying our age here. Um, but Andy, like myself, has a love of sports. And, and he went to Northwest Missouri State where he graduated with exercise science degree. Yep. And actually you went and helped train with the Milwaukee Brewers minor yep. league club, right? Yeah, it's uh, kind of a weird uh, transition how I get from exercise science and the Brewers to real estate. But uh, I mean, you know, you yeah, football, pro football player, and now you're, you know, all things lead here. But yeah, I was an exercise science major and uh, at Northwest Missouri State, at the same time you were playing for UNO and Bearcats, uh, you know we uh, we had our battles. And, yeah, uh, and we came out on top a few times. But <clears throat> I love UNO, so. That's, uh, but yeah, I was with the Brewers for about a year and uh, in the Cal League, and and then uh, they they offered me the coordinating position for the minor leagues. From a, I was a strength and conditioning coach, and uh, I, I was back in Omaha at the time. It was in the fall, and. I was taking real estate classes for whatever reason. That's kind of how fate works. And God kind of puts you on these paths, you know. And, yeah. And my instructor that night, I said, man, they offered me this position. 
I'm kind of intrigued about this real estate thing. I've either I gotta give him an answer, and he says, "Go talk to this guy Van Deeb." And you know, anybody that knows Van, being the good salesman that he is, I, I sat with him for about an hour. And I'm like, "Yep, Omaha is my home, and I, <laughs> I like this." So I called the Brewers, and I said, "Thanks, but no thanks. I'm gonna stay here and do that." And ironically, that that instructor uh, that I had that night is is now our um, uh, senior vice president for Nebraska Realty, and been here as long as I have. Yeah, Paul Wojcicki. That's a story I got here, and you you. Said it word for word, pretty much. Um, but Paul, of course, runs Randall School of Real Estate, yep. which is which is um, a company that you own, and it's a great kind of feeder program into the real estate industry and to Nebraska Realty. Um, but so that's quite a journey for, to go and from the minor leagues, I guess you could say, yep. to the major leagues in real estate. Um, but let's talk about Nebraska Realty, right? So we started out as Deeb Realty, mm-hmm. and you were back there. You were general manager. You decided to purchase the company. What was your vision of your own brokerage starting out way back then to where we are now? I mean, how, how did you get there and, and what was your thought process? Do you think I'm going to become the largest independently owned brokerage in Nebraska? Was that one of your goals? Absolutely. That was the thought, right? Um, it actually started when I, was, when I started with the company I, as a realtor. We had one part-time employee mm. and about 20 agents and then Van was uh, obviously there. And uh, about six months in, I became, or that position came open, and I asked him, I said, man, can, can I do this? And it was answering phones and doing data input and that kind mm-hmm. of thing. So I could learn more about the business. And, and I was fortunate that he hired me at that time. And, and then our company really took off, because we had been around about eight years. But the difference was, and I saw this really early on, uh, the difference about our company was a philosophy on how we treated people. It was that our agents always became, came first. They were our customers. We existed to serve them. Mm-hmm. And everything we did was around them because if we did that, then they would go out and better serve the customer. And that was always Van's mindset, and that's what we still have today. And so when I purchased the company, I had been the general manager for about six years. And so I had seen the potential. We had about 300 agents at that mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. I knew what we were capable of because our model and our philosophy was really different than a lot of our competitors. So even though I bought it about four months after the stock market crashed, at the the low point of the recession, uh, you know, I I felt confident at some point that we would, uh, you know, our philosophy would would really prevail and and we would do some great things, and we have. Yeah, and it really has. I mean, I've been here for eight plus years now, and, and we've seen it grow so much. And the term that you always use is agent-centric, mm-hmm. right? And what Andy always says is that Nebraska Realty, their customer is the agents. Yep. And then our job is to go serve our clients. Yep. And, you know, it's just, it's just so great being here and being led by someone like Andy who believes in us and provides us with resources. And, of course, there's challenges with that. Yep. And we can go on always, all, day, all day about that, um, about the growth versus providing resources. But it's a great balance that you've kind of struck here. Um, all right, so great story. From a very small brokerage coming all the way to almost a thousand agents is where yeah. we are today, um, but let's talk about the real estate industry because I think I think that's what people want to hear, sure. right? Yeah. Every the the biggest question I get every day is how's the market? When's it going to crash? What's going to happen? Um, let's look on the big level. So as you as we've talked about here, Andy is part of the Government Affairs Committee. He helps Don Bacon with some of the 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 realtor lobbyists in Washington to protect homeowners' rights. 
Um, what do you see are some of the biggest challenges that we're facing right now on, on a national level? Because I know you're 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 doing a lot of that. Yeah. I, yeah it, number one, first, and you know, I'm, I think that everybody kind of knows this to a degree. But what what uh, it goes deeper and deeper is it's housing affordability. Mm-hmm. I mean, that has continued to erode over the last decade as we came out of the recession. Uh, once about 2012 hit, it really started to take off. I mean, we had a lot of new construction that we had to work through. And once that happened, then we didn't have a lot. And we've still not gotten back on a national level mm-hmm. to, the, to the new construction builds that we need to sustain growth and home ownership in this country. And, you know, we're passionate as realtors. We're the largest professional trade association in the country. We have 1.5 million members. We have one of the strongest PACs in Washington. We have one of the, the, the strongest lobbying groups in the state and, and locally, too. We're very uh, focused on uh, real property rights. Mm-hmm. But one of these things comes to housing affordability. And you look at uh, the fact that generally people's largest wealth creator in their life is their home. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the biggest asset that they have. And our, you know, our mission, we feel a lot of times as realtors, you know this, is, is to try to put as many people in that position to create not only home being the center of their life, but to have that financial vehicle to create wealth within their, uh, within their life and within their family that's mm-hmm. generational. And it's becoming harder and harder today because we've got about a five and a half to six million unit, uh, uh, housing unit shortage in this country. And that's from two decades of underbuilding. Frankly, yeah, and, I, I saw you know, that we where we haven't even. I think finally last year we approached a million new construction starts, and we were way over that pre-recession. Yeah. But people haven't stopped. You know, the population hasn't stopped growing. Right. Um, and it's, it's just such a big deal. Home ownership, the American dream of home ownership, is something that you know our government has been helping us do. What do you think? I'm, I'm not going to ask you to give me predictions, but what are some of the things that you know our government who wants to help out? And of course, that's pushed by the people. But what are some of the things that you think on a national level they're going to try to do to to help the housing shortage? What are they going to try to do? What's feasible to do? Mm-hmm. What can they get done? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's a, that's always a question in Washington now. What can you do? I mean, there's there's two sides. There's always two sides to every story. It seems like so it's harder to get things done. I will tell you that one of the best things that I feel like they could do is one of the problems that we have and and is from an inventory, from an existing inventory. We said, hey, I can't put enough affordable new construction back in the market because land acquisition, development cost, regulation, labor, materials, mm-hmm. all of this stuff has, has come together to dramatically raise prices for, uh, for housing. And, but from an existing standpoint, one thing that's not talked about enough is, is the, the role of the investor in the single family housing market. Um, the dynamics over the last decade have been really good, not only for individual investors, but also for institutional investors. Mm-hmm. And what we're seeing is because prices have increased so much and because rents have also increased yeah. along with values, is that investors are going in saying these are great market dynamics, makes a lot of sense, and they are buying up a lot of single family homes, and which is great. But the problem with that is it's a buy and hold. So mm-hmm. a lot of this inventory that would normally turn over if you had an owner occupant, I mm-hmm. live in it for seven years and we turn it over naturally, is now not being turned over. And that is exacerbating the problem, the inventory problem, which is driving up prices and, and shutting people out of the market. So it's not just a new construction thing. It is also how do we incentivize investors on a national level 
to liquidate maybe some of their mm-hmm. single family mm-hmm. holdings so it uh, so that they can maybe take that money and invest in other things and and I think that's one question and one thing that's been raised is can you do a a, a, ta- a uh, capital gains tax holiday to mm-hmm. me if I'm an investor and I've got multiple single family homes I would love to say to that investor can you invest in commercial property or some other medium and, he, and that investor might go, well, yeah, but you know, I'm going to have to pay 20 or 25% capital gains on yeah. these things. But if you're the, the federal government that says in order, because we recognize the housing, uh, it's a housing crisis right now, mm-hmm. if you can give you a nine-month or a 12-month window for investors to say, if you sell your single-family homes to an owner-occupant within this period of time, then you pay little or no capital yeah, gains. Forgive it. The hard, you know, the hard part is, is as they keep on coming up and trying to figure out our national budget, that the capital gains tax and that exclusion of doing the 1031 exchange, which allows you to defer capital gains if you reinvest in property, you know, that's always talked about them getting rid of it. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, I, I don't, it's not a clear-cut solution uh, because we talked about it right before we talked. I had two new listings go on the market yesterday. One was an owner-occupied. Someone's going to buy it, and they're going to live in it. The other one was a total fixer-upper. Yeah. And I have just as many showings and interest in the fixer-upper that's not livable right now. Right. As I do is the one where someone can move in as soon as they yep. close. Yep. And I don't know, I think I saw the statistic that said one out of every five sales is, a, is an investor. Mm-hmm. So both of those properties have investors looking at them, right. not just single family or people looking to occupy the house. And it's hard on the buyer side. Like We have a lot of buyers and we had, we had several showings set up today that were canceled last night because they got sold. And yeah. Because an investor comes in and makes a cash offer. Right. I mean, great for the seller, but it, there's gotta be some sort of balance there. And it, it's definitely a problem that, that needs to be worked out, but there's no clear path yeah. here. It's not a healthy market right now. We gotta find those solutions. No, it, it definitely isn't. Um, now let's kind of drill down here just a little bit into like the local market, right? Omaha is, is I don't know if I call it a hot spot, but it's, it's affordable, it's got good schools. Mm-hmm. Um, people wanna live here. Right. And we are seeing the same challenges, right? I think probably between six to seven hundred listings on active listings on the market right now. Yep. Now it's thir- it's Friday, yep. so we'll probably see more, and they'll be sold tomorrow. Yep. But we have the, that problem here in Omaha. Do you know? Do you know like the Omaha market, and, and is there any difference? I mean, are there? There's anything? Is there anything with our state or our city? Is there anything that they're doing to try to fix that problem or any of the other issues that are going on? Well, legislatively, I mean, uh, we got a number of bills that we're following, uh, but um, I think the biggest thing is the ARPA funds, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, the state of Nebraska got just over a billion dollars in uh, in federal aid for uh, ARPA-related funds from the pandemic, mm-hmm. and uh, in in terms of the, the right now, the state senators are trying to figure out how they leverage and, and to divide up all that money. And I think there's been about $250 million that has been proposed Mm -hmm. through different programs to the state to go towards housing from these ARPA funds. Not all of it's going to get approved. Some will, some won't. Um, And so they've got some good ideas about bringing some of the the, the different uh, housing economic uh, you know, things through the state under one roof, like kind of like a HUD, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, because we got several different entities right now where you can apply for how economic assistance to the state. Yep. And it's a little confusing. It's, it's a lot of work. Can you bring that all together? Can you mirror that with uh, funds for development? We, we currently have the Affordable Housing Trust Fund. It's $10 million every year that people can apply for, but mm-hmm. way expand. That's just not even, it sounds like a lot of money. It's not even close to be enough 
to help with the problem because as you go around the state, I mean, I was the, the our state association president last year. We went around to a caravan through, I think it was 14 different local associations from Scotts Bluff all the way back through Omaha. Yeah. And everybody is the same. They're the same There's, issues. They are not enough. I mean, you look at some of these these communities. I mean, they got three houses, uh, new construction for sale. Everybody has the same mm -hmm. problem, and it's a housing crisis, a housing shortage. So I think that the biggest thing that we can do is really try to, to divert some funds. As much as I'm, I'm not huge on giving, uh, uh, I guess, incentives yeah. or, or for that, but I, I think it's going to be necessary given the cost of the, the the cost to build right yeah it's just amazing to me with the demand that we have that we can't build more houses yeah right i mean we don't have really a great economical builder around because it's so expensive to build the houses yeah. it's pricing out of a lot of first-time home buyers which which makes it hard um now looking at the current real estate stats here and we get you know andy and, and his staff do a great job of providing us with resources and if you've watched any of my stuff um you've seen that i, I put weekly stats out yep. right um but the same trend continues we'll list 200 to 300 houses a week, and we'll sell 250 to 275 of yep. those right away. Right. Um, where do you see this as it pertains to the real estate market, especially in the Omaha or Nebraska area? We are where we are right now. We're in a huge seller's market, right? There's maybe a month's worth of inventory. Yep. And Not if something that. doesn't sell, it's because there's something, it's not priced right for its condition and location. And We've never seen it like this. Even the luxury market is under two months. Yep. I've never even seen that. Those usually live... 10, 10 12 months. Yeah, it, or until the spring when they'll sell, then a bunch of them will sit for a while. So where do you see this market going this year? Uh, unfortunately, I think it's going to be a lot of the same mm -hmm. that we've seen in the last two years. You know, It was interesting for uh, in, in March of 2020, we were already up 10 to 20% uh, in terms of transactions on the year mm -hmm. in the Omaha market uh, and Lincoln. And then COVID hit, right, mm -hmm. initially. And for about a month, month and a half there, people were like, well, what's going to happen? You know, if there's all kinds of unemployment, uh, what's going to happen in the housing market? So it was kind of a wait and see. And once everything kind of got a little more on, okay, this is what we're dealing with. And it was determined that we're going to be at home more. Mm -hmm. We're going to homeschool more. We're going to remote work more. Home became the center of people's lives. And when May hit, it was like putting a, a match on the on the oh, yeah. gasoline, and it hasn't stopped since. No. And it, it'll con it's it's unfortunately uh, it's going to continue like that. Yes, is it good for sellers? But you know, on the on the same token, you know they they've got to go somewhere too. And yeah. I I know you hear this. This is the biggest thing for sellers. It's uh, yes, I would list my house, but where am but I going to go? Yeah, you know. And even new construction builds that maybe before took eight or nine months. Some of them are taking twelve and fourteen months. And they're and they're coming in super expensive too. Yeah. So I mean, the, really, the solution here is to get more houses on the market. And not not that you know we can talk about selling existing houses, but we're just kind of swapping places. That's all we're really doing. We're not really making progress until we get that done. So it'll be interesting interesting to see how this market reacts. I know interest rates are ticking up a little yep. bit. Uh, the Fed is, is tapering off of their bond sales. Yep. So that's going to put those those rates back up. Um, but I think one of the big important things I've come out of this is that our role as realtors has kind of changed too. Yep. With technology, our clients can find real estate, mm -hmm. but it's so complicated. Even with selling, people think, oh, there's so many buyers, I'm going to just sell it myself. Well, do they know how to handle 20 right. offers coming in? Do right. they know the, the legality of it, the right. contracts? So that's actually helped us as realtors, yep. helped our value, even though sometimes people don't see it. Um, but I think as we go forward, we just got to continue to 
st- try to stay ahead of what's what's happening. And, and that's something that we do here in Nebraska Realty, yeah. right? What do you think maybe um, at Nebraska Realty you're helping – how are you helping your agents? How are you helping us stay ahead of those trends so that we can provide better service for our clients? Yeah, it's a great question because it's, you know, like everything in life that everybody does, things just change so rapidly. And the real estate industry is very much like that too. You mm-hmm. talked about people being able to find things out there everywhere. Yeah, information is out there. Mm-hmm. But it's interpreting the information that is the key, the, the real value proposition, mm-hmm. or going from uh, a little bit less marketing because we've got, you know, they can they can find it. But it's funny people go to Zillow and, and these and some other sites. Well, where do you think the aggregation of that comes from most of the from, time? From our, from our listings. From our from MLSs. <laughs> yeah. It comes from the realtors and the boots on the ground yeah. that go out and gather the data and put it in these systems, mm-hmm. and then it gets aggregated out to these sites. So even from that standpoint, we expose it to such a, a large a portion of the market. But you talked about management of the offers. I mean, I think that's important. What kind of technology features do we have to make your job more efficient? Uh, you know, so it's electronic contracts and digital signatures and all that's been around for a while now, but now it's about management systems, you know, uh, showing uh, time. We talked mm-hmm. about that and, and having, uh, uh, just being able to efficiently, instead of getting a call or an email, now having texts or mm-hmm. notifications for doing that. So. We're always looking. We think that uh, uh, one of the big things for brokerages in the future is going to be about media production. Mm-hmm. And so that's really where we're venturing in a lot is different media production, different types of video uh, for property specific, uh, pushing that out through different social mediums. Uh, it's even some different online types of uh, uh, sales that we're looking at. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of things in the future. Mm-hmm. How does crypto, uh, we had this discussion, we have Emerging Technologies uh, Committee. How does crypto come into the, to, yeah. the, to play in terms of Blockchain is going to be a big thing in the Blockchain. future and how that all, that all works. I don't know exactly, but I know it's here to stay. Yep. And, and the back end of how it operates, it will be a part yep. of, of our future in real estate and, and technology and, and our society in general. Um, so lots of good stuff there. As you can see, it's going to be great. We, we're realtors. We'll, I'll be here in good markets, bad markets. We're still going to be there for our clients. A yep. um, couple of quick plugs for Nebraska Realty before we wrap this up. One of the things that I, I really love about Nebraska Realty is our charitable giving. Mm-hmm. You guys make it so easy to give back to the community. Um, for you guys who are listening or watching, as realtors, we're allowed to take, um, and Nebraska Realty, Realty helps facilitate us donating to our favorite charities. Yep. Right? They'll help administer it. They'll help um, send the proceeds out. We do all of our parties, our fund, our fundraisers, mm-hmm. right? Every single one yep. we do is trying to raise money sure. for things like the Open Door Mission. We've helped uh, buy vans for the homeless. I mean, so many different things we've done. But that's such a big deal uh, for people because people want to give back to their community. Yep. Um, lastly, I want to ask, and again, Nebraska Realty has a place to hang your license, right? We're all independent contractors, sure. which presents a challenge as a broker because everyone you're, you can't fire people right yeah, well, you can't sit well, there and say well you can't you're not giving them a paycheck so you yeah. people can go sell one house zero houses or they can sell 100 houses yeah and how they do do their business is something you really support but we are growing we've been growing we got a new lincoln office coming mm-hmm. um we have offices all over the place we central have central nebraska, nebraska. grand island hastings grand island hastings really taken off um for those agents that are listening to this why would Tell us about Nebraska Realty. Why would an agent want to come to Nebraska Realty? 
I mean, I could tell you my version, but I'd love to hear from your side of it. You know what? I, I would start with, and I could go on for hours, and I know your, your listeners are, probably don't want to hear all of this, but I will say the first and foremost, our number one metric is retention. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, It's about, because you're independent contractors, you could go to any real estate mm -hmm. company. If you say, you know what, I'm not getting what I want here, I can go anywhere. So we, when people come in every day, we say, look, you're our customer, we work for you. What's next? What do you need in this changing environment? What can we do for you? But um, our number one thing is, is people. I mean, mm -hmm. that is our mission statement on the wall. It's all about people. Real estate is our what, and people are our why. Mm -hmm. So it's our agents, it's our staff, it's our clients, and it's our community, which you, you those are the, those kind of the four areas that we mm -hmm. concentrate. You just talked about the charitable giving. So those things all come into play. But I would say, why would I want to come to Nebraska Realty if I'm an agent in this environment? Because we've got tremendous resources. We have all the, uh, the uh, resources that a large company can provide and more. We got still the small company feel. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't, we're not run by, operated by a big board of directors. You have complete autonomy to run your business how you want. We, we engage our agents and our staff to say, what do you like to see? And mm -hmm. then we go, hey, how do we make this happen? Uh, so I think the flexibility, obviously the, the pay structure doesn't hurt, you know, it's yeah. pretty good too. Uh, but uh, I think we're a very forward-thinking company. We never pat ourselves on the back because, we, hey, we've been doing it like this for 20 years, let's keep doing it. No, we recognize things change all the time and we want to change with it based on how to, today's realtor wants yeah, to. Yeah, and it's great to see the investment back into the company. Yeah. I mean, that's always a thing, and I know Andy very well, close personal friend of mine. We talk business, we're, we're friends outside of the office. Um, but he's so centered on his agents and on the company giving back into the company. I mean, look at this facility. We just opened, for those of you that are out there, if you ever stop by, just stop by and see us because we have this amazing area now where we're encouraging realtors to come back into the office. We work from home for so long and it's such a synergy that we get when agents are in the office. And I love it because I was always here, but... It was empty for a long time. People yeah. got scared. They didn't want to go out. But you took that time and instead of saying, okay, I have more profit, I'm going to put it back into my company and provide better resources. We got a workout room. Yeah. Upstairs, we got video games, shuffleboard table, pool table. Um, I know, my, for example, my daughter's dance team is having their, their end of year uh, get together here yeah. because you want to be a part of the community. Yeah. And, and that's the reason why. I will stay with Nebraska Realty. And I think if, if you're an agent listening to this, you should give us a shot, a shot definitely. So, um, Andy, thank you so much for coming on. Um, tons of great information. Giving it from an agent's perspective like me is one thing, but getting it from the broker and the owner, someone who is involved in like the national level, it, it's so valuable. Um, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to wrap it up. Um, just as a reminder, if you're listening to this, subscribe to us on whatever podcast app you choose. Uh, be sure to find us on, on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I even have a TikTok page. Okay. You? Now, I don't. You think TikTok and dancing? TikTok? I have Nebraska Team Bober Nebraska Realty TikTok. Huh? It's no dancing. I won't be dancing on it, but I, I give real estate stats. It's a really cool little medium, actually, and I keep track of what my kids are doing on there. Well, too. I was going to say, my daughter. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to. Do you don't that. see me doing the little TikTok stuff, right? I, I'm not that guy. Next but um, but when you find us out there, if you would just um, share this with your friends, and if you have any questions, send them over. You'll be able to find it. Go to teambober.com. Of course, Nebraska Realty has great website, great social media too. So thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it, and um, thanks for tuning into the um, Keeping It Real Estate with Chris Bober podcast. And we will see you next time. Good.